Welcome to the What to Do with Different podcast, where we talk everything neurodiversity. Here, it's all about what we do with different. Welcome back. Very excited to kick off episode three, continuing our discussion on everything neurodiversity. Um, Just as a refresher, I am Shannon. I'm degreed in behavioral neuroscience. Um, I had an opportunity to work with a global leadership development firm a few years back where I learned that there is room to mesh my passion for all things brain and behavior in the organizational and talent development space. Um, So always excited to be here and to share what I've learned. I'm going to introduce my colleague, Lisa, who is an expert in neurodiversity, information processing, and executive functioning or individual effectiveness skills. Lisa has nearly 20 years of experience helping others understand how they and those around them actually think, learn, and function best. Thanks, Shannon. It's been a while now that I have kind of dedicated my time and life's work to really helping others not only dig down and find the true roots of challenges and obstacles, but to also find the most effective and pragmatic strategies and tools for developing the skills they need and capitalizing on their strengths. And I've got this passion for finding unique, customized approaches that can be easily integrated into their day-to-day, both work and professional lives. So really exciting stuff. Yeah, super, super exciting. Actually, Lisa and I are very excited today. We are welcoming um, a much-anticipated guest on today's episode. We have Stephanie Morris, the Senior Vice President of LHH, Lee Hecht Harrison, on with us. Stephanie is the Global Solutions Lead with LHH, and she's got 25 years of experience under her belt as a talent development advisor and consultant. Previously worked with DDI, so Development Dimensions International, as well as Aon. Um, So Stephanie, I'm going to turn it over to you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do with LHH? Happy to, and thanks for having me on, Shannon and Lisa. Uh, So LHH, for those who are not familiar, um, we offer career transition services, and we place impacted employees. That's kind of one half of our business. The other half, we focus on helping organizations align their talent strategies to meet their business priorities. We do this through integrated assessments, coaching, and development solutions. We offer these across the, really the employee life cycle. So it includes things like selection and and onboarding, development, enroll, as well as hypo and succession management, career development, talent mobility. Um, We certainly support organizations through some change and transformation solutions as well. So I'm very fortunate in that I get to lead a group of global solution leads in the Americas and in Asia Pacific. And these are folks who engage directly with our clients to understand their needs, to then architect solutions that will drive those priorities and meet the needs. And then we also will mobilize global teams to execute those plans. Yeah, organizational development uh, or change development, pretty impactful stuff, especially in this day and age. (laughs) Indeed, lots of change occurring, very much so. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Stephanie. I could not be more excited to have you joining us. This vast amount of knowledge and experience that you bring, I think, is just going to offer our listeners so much insight into what's going on and really what you're observing. And I think that they'll find that to be quite helpful. So Shannon and I actually have had the opportunity to see some of the materials that you guys provide through LHH, and they are phenomenal. So thorough, so visually appealing, so detail-oriented, so very impressed. And it's clear you're doing some really impactful and incredible work. 
work. And the first question we kind of had in mind to chat about today was, could you share with us what are some of the hot topics or buzzwords um, in leadership development? I think that that's a really important topic right now with everything that's going on uh, in the world. And so looking for hot topics or buzzwords that you are observing. Sure. Well, there are many of them. And um, certainly prior to what I would say is the current state of the world, um, there were numerous trends emerging. Uh, there was not a company or an industry anywhere around the world that's not being impacted by uh, digitization and AI and automation, et cetera. Um, so that trend has a significant impact. And we talk about how people work and how leaders need to engage their workforce differently and appeal to how they, um, how they engage them to understand the work, to how, develop new skills, to be able to uh, be accountable to the work that they need to, to deliver on, et cetera. But of course, it's, it's difficult to have a conversation today without uh, thinking in terms of the current situation with COVID-19. And really, there's just been this incredible uh, opportunity, I would say, for anybody in this space to really think about how we do it virtually now, right? Because everybody's moving to virtual. So really, when we think about leaders and how leaders engage their teams, we've got entire workforces who do not know how to work virtually, who are being forced to engage in a virtual format. So that creates all kinds of opportunities for leaders to think about how they communicate differently, how they connect differently, how they provide guidance and work structure, how they listen differently. Uh, so I think it's, you know, we've, we've got a number of changes that are emerging, you know, just in the industry, and now it's being accelerated and really augmented by the fact that it's all being done in a virtual format, which quite honestly is, can be like working with blindfolds on oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like we, we see that all the time in that we all operate and function so differently. And now that we flip to this virtual environment, I think that poses a whole new set of challenges in not only leadership trying to figure out how they're going to work and function best, sometimes from home with kids and pets running around, right? But yes. <laughs> also, you know, in bringing out the best in their people and helping their people to figure out how they're going to function at home and to work with their own styles and their abilities. And I think that that doing that in a virtual environment just makes it so much more challenging. So I think to get a better understanding of how they need to think and learn and operate in this new environment is, you know, it's going to be very powerful. So that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, question, Stephanie, actually. So as someone who understands the importance or the importance of leadership and effectiveness, um, just relating it back to terms of neurodiversity. So how people process information and how they're actually applying these effectiveness skills, you know, daily to function successfully. I'm curious with all of, you know, the work that you've done and the organizations and the clients that you work with, um, I'm curious uh, where you potentially see the biggest opportunity or potential when it comes to applying this knowledge around these topics, so neurodiversity and implementing individual effectiveness skills in that space. Yeah, well, without a doubt, there's, uh, it's like hand in glove, really. Um, the way that I've been thinking about this is leadership development and talent development within organizations is not new, right? It's been around for a long time, and fortunately for those of us in the business, building soft skills and changing behavior is one of the most difficult things to do, so that keeps us in business. Um, and as, you know, as developers of talent and organizations, it is all about creating insight and awareness and shifting mindset to then build skills so that 
people can choose how they want to engage. And for leaders, it's always about choosing behaviors that inspire, motivate, and engage their employees to optimal performance. So that's not new. But what's interesting to me, as we've been discussing over the last few weeks, this space on, and, the, and the whole concept of neurodiversity, I think kind of layers right in there. So we are always trying to help leaders recognize that their, their teams of people are different, right? Everybody, just like children, they all have different needs. You can't parent different children the same way. Um, you need to understand who your team members are and what their needs are and what motivates them and how they like to operate, how they like to communicate, how they like to receive feedback, how they feel, you know, what, what's the degree at which they feel comfortable to actually go and do something. Some people feel, uh, feel better taking a bit more of a risk and not knowing exactly. And other people, man, they got to have it down 120% before they're going to go and do it. This is natural. This is part of leadership. And with neurodiversity, what I see is this, it's a broadening of our mindset. It's, it's to me, it's like thinking about um, peeling the layers of an onion, actually. Yeah. So if we can dig down deeper with that onion and really get to not just the fact that people have differences and are different and have different needs and function differently, but if we can understand a little bit better how to recognize differences and what those differences mean, we're going to be so much more uh, effective in choosing the different tools that we use and the skills that we apply to engage people. And so not by, I'm certainly not suggesting that we have to go around and pretend to be armchair psychologists and diagnose and, and figure, no, not at all. And I'm, I'm sure you guys will be speaking more about that, but just to be able to recognize that when somebody is resistant to trying something new, not necessarily jumping to the conclusion that they don't have the willingness, which is oftentimes a mistake that leaders make. And in fact, digging down to understand the, the root of that, that resistance and, and the fear that potentially exists for that person and creating the conditions that they need so that they can perform successfully. So I, again, it's, I sent hat and glove and I, it, to me it really is. It's this, it's this place, this concept of neurodiversity and helping leaders understand how best to think in terms of differences in cognitive functioning and these, these skills of operating, and then be purposeful about the behaviors they choose to engage their teams. Very, very well said. <laughs> um, I know I'm going, oh my gosh, yes, this is just so validating to, you know, to everything that Lisa and I are so passionate about. Um, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. And, you know, you had mentioned neurodiversity as a, a concept as a whole is very much up and coming. It's still emerging. It's, you know, just now kind of starting to hit corporate America and people are just now starting to talk about it. So, you know, obviously I think there's, there's an enormous lack of understanding just because it's so new and because it is emerging, you know, and it's greatly impacting productivity and success. And you hit it right on the head, right? If leaders are aware of, of, you know, these hidden barriers, right, we can prevent them and everyone's more successful. Um, we're so excited about this work. <laughs> I know Lisa's going, oh my gosh, yes. I'm going to jump in and say I 100% agree. And I think that, you know, Stephanie, when you mentioned, it's not always as, as it appears to be, right? We're making an assumption. And we've, we've actually talked about this, I believe, in a previous podcast, is we're making an assumption that perhaps that they don't have the willingness or they're not motivated or they're not capable of doing something. Mm -hmm. In reality, there's oftentimes an underlying reason. They might just not have the skill, but we don't know how to identify that skill or how to help them with that skill. And, or they might not process the information 
fast enough or in the right way, or it's not being presented in a way that makes sense to them. So not only are there always explanations for what we're observing when it comes to differences in thinking and learning and functioning, but there are a boatload of solutions and strategies that we can use to help our leaders get more out of their people and help each of us to figure out what does work best for us. You know, where do we need yeah. to focus our efforts and what can we do? So it was, I agree, Shannon, very well said, Stephanie. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And if I just kind of to wrap that up, um, just listening to both of your comments, I just kept thinking, you know, it, we're, we're having this discussion from my experience in my seat as I engage with clients, right? But the reality is I wear another hat and I am a leader and I have been a leader for a number of years. And as I think about even broadening my own mindset and increasing my own awareness, how, how much more confident I would feel as a leader if I were able to better understand and therefore feel more confident about the approach that I take with my team members as I engage for, you know, for a variety of reasons to just to better understand them and to feel like I'm doing the right thing by them. I mean, I, how many times have leaders around the world thought, I'm, I don't know, I don't know what else to do with this person. I feel like I've tried everything or, you know, just feeling like sometimes quite frankly, feeling like we're failing because we can't seem to get through to someone or we, we clearly recognize that we're not optimizing this person's passions and motivations and their capabilities. And to me, this is kind of that key that unlocks for me. As, and it just hit me as we're talking right now that personally for me as a leader, this is a key that would unlock for me greater capability and confidence in how I engage my own team. That was a really great point and actually very exciting to hear because Shannon and I today were just working on kind of a toolkit to put together. And this is something that I've done over the years in different capacities, but really building up not just some of the training materials and pieces and reference cards just to kind of share, hey, here's common observations, common skills, what they look like, but also what strategies you can use to help to develop and capitalize on those within your team members, within yourselves, your organization. So happy to share some of those with you as we move along. We have found great success, but this is a missing piece. And it's kind of exactly what you've said in that I just think there's generally been a lack of awareness around needing to have this skill set. And so happy to talk more on that uh, off air. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> Plenty of ideas to share. And it's great to hear that, um, you know, you feel as though it would be helpful to be able to have additional pieces in that toolbox. And I think that's a lot of what we're talking about is just, we need to get more exposure and education around it. And sometimes it's that simple when your eyes are open to all of those possible hidden barriers and those possible reasons for what you're seeing in your team members, it's much easier to come up with the solutions on your own. And also we can provide you with plenty of those ideas. So um, it's really exciting. And I, I see that there's a lot of potential for many leaders in, in what you had just shared. Yeah. It actually leads me into a question then. So Stephanie, as you had said, right, you wear the hat of a leader and you're leading this, a team. And I know that you had mentioned that you struggle sometimes in feeling that you're failing, right? Because you don't understand necessarily how each individual member of your team functions and, and learns best. So question for you, um, you know, from a leadership perspective, I'm curious, um, you know, when, when you spoke on recognizing, you know, differences and, and, 
having leaders have the proper training to create an environment for their people to thrive. I'm really curious if you have any ideas, uh, you know, potentially around what a practical application might look like for, for something like this. Yeah, oh, certainly do. I mean, I think that there's, um, I don't think there's one, right? I, I do think that there's what I would call multiple entry points for this space of neurodiversity. But the first that naturally comes to mind for me, simply based on it's, it's, my, it's my sandbox, it's where I'm spending all my time. And that is, um, you know, when we engage with clients and we are working on, uh, let's say, a talent strategy that is around developing leaders for a variety of things. It could be developing leaders just globally because there's been you know, silos or mergers and acquisitions, or perhaps, you know, we're elevating the capability of a leadership team, or we've identified high potentials and we're developing, whatever it is. We always take an integrated approach to that where we, it it makes sense to start with insight, right? Before you talk about building skills, you've got to start with insight. So there are a number of assessments that we would normally do that are typically um, things that are a combination of, of behavioral assessments, Uh, personality insights and assessments, things like that, that provide insights to gain awareness, to then focus the the development efforts, whatever that may be. So for me, as I think about it, having having insight about understanding, just the, the sheer understanding of how people think differently and process information and how some people maybe, I use it all the time. I say, hey guys, I'm a visual processor. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm on Zoom calls with my team, you know, they'll see me drawing pictures with my hands in the air, right? Because that's, that's how I think. And so just that kind of awareness about how, how I think and how it differs from how others may think and how we process in, in our, you know, cognitive processing differs. At the beginning, uh, as we're doing other assessments, layering that in, that then becomes what we would call a red thread. So anything that we're then working to develop, maybe we're developing skills in, um, you know, in, in delegation or um, change management or communication, or I mean, name it, right? 50 different skills that leaders need to develop. Um, as we engage in whatever type of development activities, it becomes a red thread so that it's a constant backbone of how this particular concept of of driving change, for example, how does that apply differently when we're talking about people processing differently? How do we talk about people going through a change, a natural change curve where they are letting go of the past and they are falling into a valley of despair and, you know, before they actually come out of that, how does that look and feel differently for people who may be thinking differently, processing differently, et cetera? What do they need? differently. So I see it, Shannon, to your point, as uh, a layer right at the beginning of any sort of development experience. And then another part of our, our integrated approach is we always do, you know, we offer coaching alongside. So we develop skills as a group through group development programs, whether they're in class or virtual. And then we offer coaching one-on-one or small group coaching as well to really reinforce those more personal development opportunities. And I can see it being an absolute component of mm-hmm. what somebody is working on in their own development plan. So I, again, I think there's multiple entry points, but to me, there's just a natural layering into a process that it isn't specific to LHH. This is fairly industry standard, right? You assess, you develop, you continue to coach to ensure stickiness. That's what we do. This is another component to ensure that, that leaders broaden their mindset and awareness and, and build the 
appropriate skills and tools for the purposes that they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually really kind of sums up where, where we were going with it and that this needs to be integrated kind of within the context of all of the other development work that we're doing because it's just a missing component. And if we can feather it in to kind of aligning role profiles to the relevant skills needed, then we can start to kind of match that up a little bit better. And so we found a lot of different ways that we can apply some of the information that we have around cognitive differences and the different ways people function and show up effectively in their work. So I think that that really does highlight the need for just that insight, uh, the education, the training, the background knowledge. Um, I love the idea of kind of that red thread or that backbone. Um, I think that definitely, I don't know about you, Shannon, but that resonates with me. So I, I appreciate that. I think that in addition to having then that, that toolbox, the actual concrete tools and templates, but also the strategies that you can use in these various circumstances, it will be really easy to integrate that into the other work that you're doing and into these other categories. And that's the goal so that we can round it out and kind of have a more comprehensive approach, uh, Stephanie, as you had referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, Lisa, you hit it on the head, and that is making it integrated, making it relevant to the work that people are doing, making it, and, and making sure that we focus on making it stick, right? So that's why you have so many entry points, right? I mean, you're going to find that um, there are organizations that are much further on their, their own journey of inclusion and diversity, for example, and they may have very specific practices and activities and focus and probably even metrics that are geared towards exactly this this idea of neurodiversity. So I think it, it applies to everyone. And then I think there are certain organizations that are going to be probably at the front end of wanting to scoop this up because it aligns so beautifully with you know where they are in their own journey and what they're trying to accomplish in their organization. That's a great point. And we have been hearing that to some extent in our conversations and with some of the organizations that we're working with, that this inclusive piece, learning how to include everyone and present the information in a way that works for everyone, or it's more likely to reach and draw the best out of our team members is kind of been, well, that's kind of one of the most exciting things for us. So it's a common theme that we've been hearing. And, um, and it's just such exciting stuff for us to talk about. I think that really sometimes a little bit of knowledge goes a long, long way. I think sometimes just that initial insight component, a little background information is going to allow for leaders and individuals really to generate ideas and solutions. It's just drawing the attention to it that I think, as I said, has been kind of a missing piece and uh, there's a bit of a lack of understanding around it. Absolutely, and fear, I would say. And I think, Lisa, there's, um, whether it's the fear that causes the, the kind of unwillingness to lean into it or if it's just, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the root of it is there, but I do think that it's different it's, thing, it's something that people don't necessarily understand, and therefore it's, it's created a bit of a, a fear, kind of a cultural fear component of you know, not, not wanting to necessarily write. And, and I think you can look back in history and you can point to different events that may have triggered and caused people to, to not want to talk about it, right? To not want to lean in and understand it for fear of crossing a line, potentially, that they shouldn't. Uh, we, you know, we know that there's incredible, particularly in the U.S., we've got incredible selection laws that, you know, really dictate what we can and cannot talk about. Uh, likewise, as a leader, 
there are lines that you don't conceivably you don't cross out of fear of of what might happen or you might be violating somebody's rights or you know very understandable fear at the same time not talking about it just perpetuates the problem right so it it is about increasing awareness having conversations it's not about pinning people it's not about labeling people it's not about any of that but it is about we have an obligation to our organizations and to the team members within our organization to understand and lean into this space for the benefit of everyone. I 100% agree with that. And I think there is a lot of fear around it. And you made a great point early on in the podcast around diagnosing and even judgments for many, you know, we would say unconscious bias is another hot topic right now. So we know that there's a fine line and that's something that comes up in our conversations all the time. This is not about a diagnosis. It's, it's not anyone's right. job to diagnose unless you're the doctor working with a specific individual. That's it, right? This isn't about trying to label anyone or put them in a box. This is quite the opposite. It's really saying, and, and that's, I think, where that fear comes from. There's a stigma, I think, attached sometimes to mm-hmm. the labels. Um, some people carry labels proudly. Some people do not. Some people make judgments. So there's a lot of fear around all of those areas. I think that was a an excellent point to make. And that probably does lead to some unwillingness to lean in because what do we do when we find something, encounter something unknown? We have a tendency to feel fear or to avoid it because it's uncomfortable. It could be potentially uncomfortable. So we're going to avoid it. But unfortunately for everyone else, to your point, Stephanie, we're missing out and we're, you know, by not talking about it, we're perpetuating the problem. So Mm -hmm. that was very well said. And I think that here it's really about, and I I tell colleagues all the time in conversations and clients, this is not about the label. I think our first podcast was entitled leave your labels at the door (laughs) because it's not about the label. When you are a leader or you are a team member, we encourage you to just assume that everyone in that room with you, who you're working with, has a variety of all of these pieces that we're talking about. And you just want to make sure that you're showing up in a way that works for you and also presenting information and interacting in a way that's most likely to work for as many people in the room as possible. So the more we know, the more we can do that and the more we're going to get out of our people. So that's going to result in productivity and success. And I think everyone's going to reap the benefits. Hugely. Absolutely. So I appreciate your time, Stephanie. I know that your schedule is extremely busy. This was awesome. We were so glad to have you join us and share all of your insights with our listeners. Oh, my pleasure. I'm happy to do it. I know this is a hot topic. I'm just so excited to see as this continues to evolve and and grow. Um, So very excited to stay connected and to hear more, learn more, read your your, uh, posts on LinkedIn and listen to all the podcasts that are to come. So thanks so much for having me. Of course, of course. And again, I just want to reiterate, thank you so much for all of your insights. Um, beautiful. Well, with that, I think that kind of concludes all of the, uh, the content that we had for this episode. Feel free to check out our LinkedIn page. It's the LMC group. It's, um, I had mentioned in the last episode, but we did a little rebrand. So it's no longer the blue logo. We've got a little white logo there. Same content, different thumbnail. Um, feel free to email myself, Shannon Morris or Lisa at Lisa Marsicano. Um, any questions or specific stories or now, right? I mean, if you have experience in the space and you have any interest in coming on the air, feel free to drop a line. <laughs> Beautiful. So I think that's all. Uh, I think that's all we've got today. But um, thank you for tuning in and um, everybody take care. <laughs>